This is the Tyson Durfee Show. Compete, lead, and become a champion. Hello, everybody. I hope we're doing amazing. I'm excited about this one because this one is all about mental toughness. How do we stay tough with our mind? How do we stay tough through the difficult times, through the good times, through all the ups and downs that come along with professional sports, right? I don't care if you're rodeoing. I don't care if you're a mom or a dad, but you have to be mentally tough to go on and want to face the day the next day, especially after you've had some rough times. Like I think we've all been there with good times, bad times, and we've had the ups and downs. And I really, really, truly want to applaud you. And the reason I want to applaud you is that you are here putting in the work with me because we know that to win and to be successful on a consistent basis, it's all about putting in the work. You know, you're not just an individual that's going to say, I'm going to try this or I'm going to try that. I'm going to dibble dabble here and dibble dabble here. No, you're a winner. You're a champion. You're somebody that literally wants to go to the next level, whether it be relationally with a family member, a loved one, or in the rodeo arena or in your business. You know that it takes work to do that. And I want to applaud you for putting in the work because you know what? The competition, most of them aren't doing this work. And so I want to applaud you because you're on the right step right now in the right direction to take yourself to the next level. As you guys all know, mental toughness, I think, is the one thing that's separated me from the rest of the field in professional rodeo. You know, I'm not the biggest. I'm not the fastest. I'm not the strongest. But one thing that I can say is that over my career, when I made my mind up, I wanted to do something, I would get it done. And it's not to brag about me and say, oh, I did this or I did that. It's not about that. The number one thing that I did was I found coaches and mentors to get me to that point. People that believed in me that said, hey, you can do this. There were times when I didn't believe in myself. There were times when I felt like I had absolutely zero mental toughness. And I had to lean on somebody else to help keep me in a line. And so if you're one of those people out there, if you really struggle with this, know that it's okay. I've struggled with it astronomically. My greatest strengths have come from my greatest weaknesses. I can honestly tell you that. My greatest strength of being mentally tough only comes out of me being incredibly mentally weak. I was a kid that was made fun of in school for being dirty because I took a bath once a week. I had no self-esteem. I didn't have a lot of confidence. I was in every learning disability class there was out there. I would actually hide out in the hallways in school until the bell would almost ring. And then I would sprint to the door and jump through the LD door. It was called the LD kids, the learning disability kids. That was the class that I was in. And I was incredibly embarrassed about being in there. I wanted to be a normal kid in a normal class with all the other normal kids, right? And I couldn't read. I couldn't read. I mixed my words up. My numbers would go in backwards. I'm dyslexic. I was ADD. I had all these things. And it just didn't give me a lot of mental toughness. And so you might be sitting back saying, you know what? Reading is hard for me. Or, you know, somebody made fun of me. Or this thing happened to me and I'm just holding on to it. And it's dragging me down every time I try to get better. It's dragging me down. But the truth is, your greatest weaknesses can be your greatest strengths. I wasn't the smartest kid. On my IQ test, I tested below average. But now... I'm mentally tough. Now I speak three languages. Now I have a beautiful wife and a beautiful family. Now I have thriving businesses. And this all comes from a kid that was not mentally strong, was not the smartest, was not the fastest, was not the toughest, 
wasn't the best looking. But I can honestly tell you that all of those things that happened to me happened to me to create the person I am now. And I think that you can relate to that. So mental toughness isn't reserved for the special. It's not reserved for the people who are gifted or talented. It's reserved for those who want to work on it. And my friends, the toughest people on the planet are only the toughest people on the planet because they've faced a lot of adversity and they figured out how to get through it. And if they can do it, if I can do it, you can do it too. I promise you. And I've got seven points, seven keys that I want to teach on. And I've taught on some of these before in different classes and things that I do. But these are things that I think create people who are mentally tough, mentally strong, and emotionally strong. So there's two things to mental toughness. Number one is mentally strong. Like I made my mind up. I'm going to do it. I don't care how much it hurts. I'm going to be mentally strong and I'm going to grit it out. I'm going to go through it. Okay. Now, on the other side of mental toughness is emotional toughness or emotional stability. And, and just keep these two things in mind. You know, when we're being mentally tough, we're, we've made up our mind we're tough, but our emotions get the best of us. And then they lead us where we don't want to go. They lead us to maybe stepping back or quitting or deciding that we don't want to do it. It's not that we're not mentally tough, but it's that our emotions got the best of us. You know, our anger. Anybody ever struggle with any anger? I got red hair, y'all. I'm Irish. <laughs> I've struggled with anger. I can promise you that. It might be that, you know, we got incredibly sad. We don't believe in ourselves. So a lot of times when we're talking about mental toughness, we're talking about being tough, making our mind up, being you know, so stubborn not to quit, but we're also talking about emotional stability, emotionally tough. So as I'm going through some of these seven keys, there are some of these that dive into more the emotion side of it. And there are some that dive into just the toughness side of it. Some that just dive into the side that says, hey, I'm a tough SOB and I'm going to stick this thing through, right? So here's the deal. The very first thing that I want you to think about is to do tough things daily. So many times we get into our routine and we say, I do this. I wake up at 6.30. I do this. I do this. I do this. I do this. I don't get out of my comfort zone at all because I have such a routine and I'm going to stick to that routine no matter what. Nothing's going to stop it. Nothing's going to change it. Nothing's going to get out of whack. And then when things get out of whack, it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm late. So now I'm running out the house. I'm putting out this fire. I'm putting out that fire. And then all of a sudden, all day long, you're putting out fires. You're living in reaction mode instead of proaction mode. But part of that is the fact that you don't do enough tough things. Now think about it. You might be thinking, oh, well, Tyson, you know, I do a lot of tough things, right? But what have you done lately that is completely different, that is completely out of the norm for who you are as an individual? Maybe if you're a person that's real quiet, you don't like to talk to people, you don't want to go out there and just put yourself out there a lot. You're one of those individuals that's like, uh, you know, I just don't like to talk. I don't. Maybe for you, that's just getting out there and talking to people, walking up to a complete stranger and say, hey, how you doing? How's your day going? Maybe for you, that's waking up 20 minutes earlier every day. So that you can study a new skill. That you can read your Bible. Maybe that's taking a cold shower every morning. It's doing something difficult daily that is out of your normal routine. I will tell you, people that are used to doing tough stuff, when the tough happens, they don't get scared. They get going. And that's why, you know, I think the backbone to mental toughness 
is literally doing tough things every single day. Ice baths, cold showers, exercising if that's not what you like to do. Talking to a stranger if you're quiet, if you're introverted, you don't like to talk to people. If you hate to dance, go dancing. Do things that are tough day in and day out. And then pretty soon when that challenge, when that obstacle happens to you, it's like, oh, this is no big deal. It's no big deal. I can do it. It doesn't scare me because yesterday I'm so scared of talking to strangers. I walked to this complete stranger, had an awesome conversation. So it doesn't scare me. So whatever it is in your notes, what is that thing for you? What is that thing for you that says, hey, I am scared to death of this one thing and I can do it. Maybe if you're scared of heights, maybe you need to go climb a tree and look down. Walk to a cliff and look down. And don't let that fear control you. When that fear begins to control us, it consumes us and it's all that we can think about. But if you're doing tough stuff daily, you're building a callus on your mind that says, yep, I can handle that, no big deal. I'm not scared to get an altercation because, you know, some people, they hate altercations. You know, I just don't want to rock the boat. You know, I just want to play the middle ground. I don't want to make anybody upset. I don't want to make, maybe you need to make somebody upset. Maybe if somebody's walking all over the top of you, you just stand up and say, hey, no, that's not the way this relationship is going to be. I'm an individual and you will respect me. And if you don't respect me, then I'm going to have to ask you to leave. You understand what I'm doing here? I'm trying to get you to do something new and tough every single day. And listen, like one day it doesn't have to be an ice bath. and next minute you got to be jumping out of airplanes. I'm not saying that. I'm saying pick something small yet difficult and do it every single day. I promise you, if you just do this one thing, you'll go to another level in your life. And your mental toughness, in your actions, people will see you as more bold. But do something difficult every single day. I promise. Do it every day. Number two. In 2014, we got done with the 10th round at the National Finals Rodeo. And I seen this little kid come out and he was doing his uh, celebration speech in the arena. 2014. I'm like, man. And they say, you know, where are you going to go from here? And he said, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. I'm going to go up. It's going to get better. He's already a world champion. You know who this guy was? It was Sage Kimsey the first year that he won a world championship. Now, Sage walks out. He's like, I don't know, this 18-year-old kid and or something like that. And I've been around a long time, even back then. And I was like, man, that kid's kind of cocky. How can you go up from already having a world champion season? You're rookie of year. Your first year as a bull rider, you are a world champion. How does it get any better than that? But see, in his mind, he was telling people what he was going to do. Those who are mentally tough, they put themselves out there and then they have to back it up. Now, you might be sitting back saying, thinking, oh man, that's so cocky. That's so arrogant. That's not the way that I would do it. I wouldn't want anybody to think that, you know, I'm arrogant like that or anything. But the truth is, when you tell people what you're going to do, they become your accountability partner. You say, hey, I'm going to do this business. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to make this much money. I'm going to wake up this time. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to go out and I'm going to rope this calf in two seconds. You just wait and see. Do you back it up? Are you putting yourself out there so that people can hold you accountable? We all know the story. Sage has gone on to win, what, seven or eight world championships? Now, I can't even keep track anymore. I mean, he's won the world championship every year since that time. And except for one, he's won the world championship every single year. But he told people what he was going to do. He put it out into the world. 
He's proclaiming to the world, I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to be great. You know, my goal, he made his goal incredibly clear to the whole world is that I want to win more world championships than Donnie Gay. I want to be the greatest bull rider of all time. He's putting it out there. Now, when he doesn't live his life in accordance to that goal, people will hold him accountable. People will say, are you doing the work? Are you exercising? Are you doing everything that you need to do to be the very best bull rider in the world? Or are you just a loudmouth? You see, when you tell people what you're going to do before you do it, number one, you're putting out into the universe what you will become, what you can become. And then the universe, the people, whatever you believe in, is going to keep you accountable to do that. You say, I'm going to go make the national finals rodeo. I'm going to be the greatest competitor ever to be. Or it could be as simple as, hey, I'm going to go make a solid run at the next rodeo. It could be simple as that. But when you put that out there, people will hold you accountable. Who is holding you accountable? It could be your mom, your dad, your wife, your sister, your brother, your cousin, your best friend. It could be anybody. But when you put it out into the world, it forces you to back it up. You guys want to get better. You want to grow. You are not a hypocrite. You are not a loudmouth. You are somebody that's willing to put in the work. So it could be as simple as this. This week, I'm going to practice every single day. But then one day it rains outside and you can't get in the arena. Oh no, I can't practice. Well, what else can I do? Can I rope the dummy in my garage? Can I sit in my chair in my house and mentally visualize 10 runs? So practice can happen a lot of different ways. But the reason we tell people what we're going to do before we do it is because it holds us accountable. In 2007, I told a friend of mine, I'm like, I'm going to be a world champion. I'm going to be a world champion. Well, I mean, I by no means was world champion material in 2007. I was just trying to figure out how to rope and tie a calf and make, you know, the national finals at a lower state, right? At the bottom. And so by telling this person that, I was like, okay, phew, that's a bold statement. What am I going to do? Am I going to exercise? Am I going to buy the right horses? Am I going to get the right sponsors? Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to back it up? Or are you going to just be another person that's just a loudmouth? To be honest with you, I despise people who are loudmouths. I despise arrogance. I despise huge amounts of pride that make people think, oh, I'm better than everybody else. I don't believe in that stuff. I hate that stuff. But I do believe in openly and honestly telling people what my goals are so that they hold me accountable. Because I could not live with myself if I told somebody that I wanted to be a world champion and then I just didn't do the work. I just sat back and made excuses for myself. You would never do that. A champion would never do that. The next one. This one is one thing where I think it's incredibly important. I think that there could be double the amount of successful people in the world if they would just do this one thing. And to me, it's incredibly important. So I'm just going to put it out there. Stay in the game. Now, I'm going to tell you, the greatness is on the other side of the pain. What if, and we've all given up on something, right? We've all given up. We've all said, ah, oh, pals, and I'm done. I, I hate this. I don't like it anymore. Oh, I'm just done. Oh, I'm just done. Like, we've all done that at one point or another. And if you say you've never quit anything in your life, I'd say you're probably a liar. We've all quit something. But what if you told yourself a little bit longer? I want to quit. I just don't feel like it. No, a little bit longer. What if I just, I'm, I'm sore, tired. I don't want to do it. No, a little bit longer. Just keep going a little bit longer. Just tomorrow. Just get another step. What if you were in one of those positions where you're like, you're hurt and you're tired. You don't see a way out. You haven't had any success, any road. You want to quit. And you just tell yourself, no, 
No, no, no. A little bit longer, a little bit more. You see what you're doing when you do that is you're setting short-term goals. If I can get five more minutes, if I can get five more days, if I can get another 24 hours, you're setting short-term goals. People that are mentally tough, that are really hurting, the shorter those goals get. Because we got to find wins. We got to find wins immediately. Somebody who's going through buds or somebody who's going through the modern day night project that I went through, we were just beat up. We were skinned up. We were cold and wet for days on end. And I just kept telling myself just a little bit longer, focus on the next step. You know, when we're hiking through mountains, we're carrying logs on our shoulders or, you know, we're getting yelled at a little bit longer, a little bit more, five more minutes, five more steps. That's what I kept doing is setting short-term goals. I've listened to multiple Navy SEALs talk about this when they're going through buds, when they're going through hell week. It's not about thinking about, hey, I got to get a whole nother three days out of this body that's already broken down. No, it's about one more step. It's about five more minutes. It's about the next evolution. Don't you think about it in your life? You know, what if in that moment where you thought about quitting, where you want to quit, and maybe you did quit, and there's no judgment if you quit. The only judgment will come is if you quit and you didn't get back up and try again. What if you would have said a little bit longer, another step? What if you were to learn and master the principle of setting short-term goals and stayed in the game just a little bit longer, a little bit more? Just ask yourself, can I take one more step? Ask yourself, can I throw one more loop? Ask yourself, can I spend five more minutes in the gym today? Ask yourself, one more rep in the gym today? Ask yourself, can I spend just a few more minutes on this thing? And the answer is always going to be yes. And what'll happen is if you shit those short-term goals, which is a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer, then you're going to get some success within that. Five more steps, you're running a mile. Five more steps, bam, five steps down. 10 more steps, 10 more steps, bam, got them down. Five more steps, bam, got those down. Win, 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 short-term wins, short-term goals. You see, the harder it is, the shorter you got to set those goals. The longer it seems like it is so you're going to get to the success or to the win or to whatever it is, shorten those goals down. And I'll ask you, like, what are some extremely short-term goals that you can implement into your life to get you some wins tomorrow, right? What are some little things that you can do? For example, today, and I don't know if you follow my career or a lot in rodeo, but it's not been real good. I've really been struggling with winning and all the stuff here lately, but it doesn't affect the rest of my life. I don't get all mad about it and upset about it and all this stuff. Instead, I find the short-term wins. Okay, I had a calf get up today. Could cost me potentially thousands of dollars. I was 7.9 seconds at a rodeo. When I left, it would have been winning it. And so I'm like, oh man, the freaking calf got up before the six seconds. But you know what? My horse worked awesome. I scored great. I roped great. I did everything just right and it just didn't work out. So, oh well, that's good. But I found the short-term win within that chaos, within that struggle that I've had for the season. And you know what? I'm going to focus on all the things that I did right within that run to prepare me for my next win. Now, if I want to go win at the next rodeo, what can I do? Okay, I need to practice this. I need to catch the front leg better. I need to string better. I need to do this. Okay, so now I got that. Bam, I can go to the practice pen and I can get some short-term wins. I can stay in the game and say, all right, no matter what, I'm staying in the game. I've practiced on what I needed to work on. Now I can go back and be confident next time I have to compete. Got it? Stay in the game just a little bit longer. Well, and I don't know if we've all seen it, but I think a lot of people have seen two-liners 
and one miner, he's at the bottom and he's just him and, and Han, he's picking when he's, he's going, he's going, I just want the gold, I just want the prize, I just want to win, I just want the thing, and then pretty soon, the one up top, he's angry, he's upset, he's not getting anything going his way, so he turns around and heads out, while the guy with the bowl, he's just enjoying what he's doing, up, two, man, that time I got a lot of dirt on that pick, boom, that one got a lot too, holy cow, I'm that much closer, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to find gold, and pretty soon, he's that much further, and he finds the gold. I truly believe that if more people would just stay in the game just a little bit longer, that there would be double the amount of winners out there. You see, people who are mentally tough, who are mentally strong, they say, I do this because I love this. I do this because I want to do this. I do this because it's my dream to do this. So if it sucks now, that's okay, because eventually, I'm going to get the thing I want, and I'm going to carry myself with optimism, with integrity and I'm going to stay in the game because it's what I do it's who I am I'm rewarding the effort not the outcome I'm rewarding the work not just the prize with yourself learn to reward the effort learn to reward yourself for going to the practice pen when it sucked learn to reward yourself for just staying in the game say you know what I didn't do good today but that's okay I'm still in the game I ain't quitting I'm never quitting. I do this because I love it. And I could teach on this all day long, but the next two are more emotional in nature. These two are emotional in nature. Remember at the beginning of this talk, I talked about, you know, mental toughness is all about being tough, saying I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to stay in the game, or I made up my mind, I'm going to do it. But there's also a side of mental toughness that talks about emotions. How are we controlling our emotions? How are we acting when times get tough? A couple things that you can do within this is don't share your hurt. This one's a little bit controversial, I would say, in nature. And I'm not telling you not to talk about struggles. I'm not telling you that. What I'm telling you is not to talk about struggles to everybody out in the world. We all know the person that goes out there that, for example, and I'm just going to say this, the young lady with a guy and he cheated on her. Or vice versa, the young man was with the lady and she cheated on him. And trust me, that's no fun. That's no fun at all. But when they go out into the world after that, you know, they're so guarded and they're so jaded from that experience. They just want to emit that out into the world. They will tell their friends. They will tell everybody about what this person did to them. They're so angry and they're so upset. And what happens is when we share our hurt with the entire world, people reaffirm what we currently believe. For example, let's say I'm a young man and the love of my life cheated on me and I feel terrible about it. And I'm with my buddies and we're out and I'm like, I can't believe she did that. You know, women are terrible, blah, 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 going. Now all my buddies are going to reaffirm the belief that I have. Yeah, man, it's hard to find a good lady. Yeah, you know, I remember that happened to me back in high school. Yeah, you know, I tried to fall in love and I just couldn't find a good girl. And you know what? Didn't work for me either. You see how you go out with your friends and they reaffirm that belief that you have. If you missed it at a rodeo, ah, oh, gosh, man, it's been tough. I freaking, I missed the, this rodeo. I broke the barrel at this rodeo. hit the barrel at this rodeo. I bucked off this bull there. And you're putting that out in the world. Then people, they reaffirm it. It's like when you're not doing good at rodeo, people come up to you and like, how's it been, man? How's it been? Has it been good? Has it been bad? And if you tell them, oh, man, it's been tough. It's been so bad. Like, well, why has it been bad? Well, you know, because... I just, I've been making mistakes or my horse got hurt or, you know, my saddle isn't fitting right. Oh, well, you know, I had that problem too. 
you understand how people begin to reaffirm the things that you put out into the world. So don't share your hurt with everybody. Have a select couple of people that give you solutions to the problem. Don't share the pain with every person you come into, in contact with. Don't wear it on your sleeve. Don't just admit it out in the world. Because when you're doing that, people will reaffirm the way that you feel. And it's only going to dive you deeper into that pain. This is emotional stability I'm talking about. This is part of mental toughness. Mentally tough people don't blurt to the world about how bad it is. Mentally tough people don't put and project out everywhere they go that this person did that to them and how they're so ashamed and how angry they are. Don't do that. Fight the urge to do that. It's so hard. I know if you've been to 10 rodeos and haven't won anything, if your horse has been hurt and you're trying to make it back, if you've been hurt by a loved one, if somebody's cheated on you, I know how hard it is. Trust me, all those things have happened to me. All of those things have happened to me. So what I'm telling you is have that select person in your life that you can go to, that you can confide in, that's going to give you a solution, not reaffirm the problem. Most people who are your friends and my friends too, will only reaffirm the problem. Find that mentor, that good person, that person is that light in your life that will find and help you get a solution, not reaffirm the problem. Don't share your hurt with everybody. Don't put it out into the world. The next one is also something that deals with emotions. Don't be dramatic. When it's a big deal, don't allow yourself to get dramatic. When you get dramatic, what happens? It fuels the anger. It fuels the insecurities. It fuels whatever emotion is going through your life. It fuels it. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened to me. Especially if there's other people around because you dramatizing this thing is only going to make a magnet of it more to come back. It's going to just magnetize you to this thing happening again. Don't be dramatic. How many of y'all remember high school? I remember these guys like getting, can you believe what the neighbor kids did or the neighbor school? Let's go fight them. You know, let's get back at those guys. We're going to kick their butt. And maybe that's just how my little hometown was, is like we always wanted to fight the neighbor town and see who the tougher guys were. And it would be super dramatic and everybody get all worked up, right? And then nothing typically would ever happen. But we were very dramatic. And all it did was just fuel whatever was going on in our life. Being dramatic, you know, fuels your emotions for insecurities. Ah, freaking out. If you decide to freak out, get it over and on 10 minutes and don't let it follow you. That's the number one thing I would tell you is like, if you get it out of your system within 10 minutes of it happening, then you don't have to be dramatic anymore. So I'm talking to somebody out there, somebody who's very dramatic when stuff starts to get tough. Force yourself not to overreact. Being dramatic fuels whatever emotion's happening. So for example, you go to the rodeo, you miss the calf. Oh, I missed the calf. I can't believe I did that. You go to another rodeo, you miss the calf again. Oh my gosh, I missed two calves in a row. Can you believe I did that? Oh. And then, you know, you go to the next rodeo. By the time the third rodeo happens, you're thinking, I hope I don't miss. I hope I don't hit a barrel. I hope I don't buck off. I hope I don't get hurt. Don't be dramatic. Cut it off. Bam, get it out of your system. Cut it off. Say, no, that's not going to happen to me. Cut off and say, nope, that's not where I'm at. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get dramatic. Force yourself to do that because here's the thing. Where your mind leads, your body follows. Write that down. Where your mind leads, your body follows. So 
if you're not showing your hurt to everybody, only that select person, and you're not being dramatic in your actions like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, then your body is going to stay calm, cool, and collected and ready to win. Do you understand where I'm getting at here? Calm, cool, and collected, ready to win. I'm going to say that again. Where your mind leads, your body follows. So if your mind is all over the place, you're being dramatic, you're telling everybody about it, your body is going to carry itself in an insecure nature. That's why whenever I'm teaching you guys like competition mindset stuff about moving around, the jumping around, the you're releasing endorphins in your body. Your body's not releasing cortisol. When you're being dramatic, when you're sharing all your hurt with everybody, your body's releasing cortisol, which is making you incredibly negative and scared and insecure. We don't want that. We don't want those things. So the quicker we can cut that stuff off, the better we're going to be. And these are just things that I live by. I'm not going to allow myself to get super dramatic about things. It's just not going to happen. It's not. Because I know whatever problem I have right now is only going to get bigger if I continue to feed it with being dramatic. If I continue to feed it with telling everybody about all my problems. Like, guys, I have a select couple of people that I can fight in. Um, one of them is my wife. If somebody comes up to me and is like, how's it been? I'm like, man, you know, it's been good. Been all right. Been good. And that's how you handle it. If you have not been doing good in competitions, wherever you're at, people come up and say, man, how's it been going? You know what? It's been going okay, but it's fixing a lot better. Just wait. Just wait and see. And see, that dives into the little bit longer, the five more minutes, the one more step. Because if you are still at bat, there is still a chance to hit and there is still a chance to win. And that's what you got to be focused on. You see, we as competitors, people who want to be mentally tough, we tend to skew negatively all the time. Our mind goes to the negative. I hope I don't have this happen. I hope this time. And that's part of our survival instinct that we have bred into us from our evolution from whenever way back it is. When we were living on the prairie and hunting animals. We are in a comfort-based society now. We have the comforts of air conditioning. We have food. We have all this stuff. And we were wired to protect ourselves, to live, to survive. It's only up until like the last, you know, 70, 80 years where human beings are just in such comfort all the time that we don't have to fear for our life every time we turn around. So don't be dramatic. Don't share your hurt. And I'm going to go on to the last one. And this one to me is probably the coolest thing in the world. You should never judge a person by what they look like. When I was at the project, my battle buddy, Fry, he had lost a lot of weight to get into the project he passed a fitness that he needed to to qualify in and basically what we had to do was he had to run a mile then do a hundred push-ups a hundred squat thrusts and a hundred bear crawls and then run another mile in uh 75 minutes that was the cutoff that was the bare minimum and fry did that he did it he lost a ton of weight he was still kind of soft he was not a tough looking individual he was not the the strongest or the fastest he wasn't the smartest, I would say, but this guy had a damn heart of a lion. This guy was insane, and he was my battle buddy. It was very inspiring. To look at this man, you would think, oh, you know, I don't think he's going to cut it. I think the, the gym guy over there with the big muscles and the big beard, he's probably going to stay. You know what happened? Fry, my battle buddy, whom had the heart of a lion but looked like a teddy bear, he got through. Fry got through the big buff tough guy with the beard that looks like he spent all the time in the gym he didn't make it and i'm like how is this happening this is crazy never judge a book by its cover 
I don't care who you are. If you've got the biggest muscles in the world or you're the toughest, you think you're the smartest, that doesn't guarantee that you will succeed and win. You see, I like underdogs. I like people who are unassuming, people who aren't the most gifted. I like people who are willing to work. I like people, and I think the ones that are the true winners are the ones that have had an incredible amount of adversity and never a true, strong reason why they are still in the game. You know what? Fry lost all this weight. He's trying to be healthy and be there for his family, his wife, his kids, because his why was, I want to live longer. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better businessman so I can provide for my family and be the man that my wife said yes to, that she said, I do too. See, the guy with the big muscles, he didn't have a why. The moment his knee started to hurt or whatever was going on with him, he was gone. That's it. Those who are the most mentally tough have a strong reason why to stay in the game. I can, I will, I must, because XYZ depends on me. I can, I will, I must, because I'm fulfilling a childhood dream that I was born with. So never judge a person or yourself by what you look like or what the circumstances look like right now because you never know what's going to happen. You just never know. It's incredible. It's incredible. I like the special forces guys. I like the trainings that do that. I like the physical side of competing and getting ready. I like that kind of stuff, but it's not the person you think is the most gifted. That's the most mentally tough. Being mentally tough is reserved for those who are willing to work. Those who are willing to say, I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to go get to work and I'm going to do it anyway because I love it. And there is no other outcome for me other than success. There is no other outcome for me other than winning. And we'd all define winning in multiple ways. Winning for you could be showing up at the practice pen seven days in a row. Winning for you could be roping a calf in two seconds. Could be flanking and tying. Could be you know, covering your bull. It could be making a clean run on a barrel pattern. It could be a bazillion different things. You got to define your why and you have to define what you are trying to win at. And guys, don't judge yourself. There is so much more gas in the tank for you. I firmly believe it. You are a winner. You are a champion. You're an overcomer. You're somebody who's had adversity. And guess what? You're just like every other legend out there. You know, Kobe Bryant once said that he starts... Uh, every single practice with 500 shots, 500 shots before practice even started. That amount of work ethic develops mental toughness. You are a champion, but nobody is going to do it for you. You're a winner, but you got to put in the work. And how I know you're a winner is that you're still here right now. You're still watching this video. You're still putting in the work day in and day out, even if other people don't believe in you, even if they think your dream is crazy, you're still doing it. That's what a winner does. That's what somebody's mentally tough. You don't sway to what everybody else thinks you should do. You do what you think you should do because you're mentally tough, because you're strong, because you have a strong why to go be successful. So that's it for this training. I hope you've enjoyed it. Do me a favor. If you like this training, you know some people this could help, please share it. Share it with anybody that you think it may help. And um, 
As always, much love. Hope you're doing amazing. Take care. God bless. Hey, my friend, I just wanted to remind you that if you want to take your mental toughness to the next level, I created this thing called the Cowboy Challenge. It's an 11-day mental toughness challenge. If you are struggling with your mental toughness, maybe you don't have the consistency that you want, maybe that your diet sucks, maybe that you're not getting regular sleep, or you're just, you know, maybe lazy. If you want some help getting to the next level with your mindset, with your attitude, with your mental toughness, go ahead and check out the Cowboy Challenge, and it's in the description below. We'll see you soon.